pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. We're one life left. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, a radio show about video games. This is No Continues, our video game discussion group, and I'm Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. This week we're going to be talking about love. Ah, oh, Steve, is that why you, you gathered us here? Have a few things to say on the subject. Fire away. Well, they'll all emerge over the next hour, as will other things. We're going to see your love emerge. It's tops <laughs> on a clock right now, but let's see what it is by the end. Anne. Hello. How have you enjoyed the week? investigating love um honestly it's not been as uplifting as i anticipated really okay okay well uh, maybe it's a good time to run through the games that we played this week yes so this week we've been playing bumpy road okay um slave of god uh richard and alice and actual sunlight so if you want to play along with one life left then now's the time to google up those games download them maybe watch some youtube videos sit back with a glass of wine and get ready (laughs) for a discussion about video games and love we are not alone as you shouldn't be with love we've got a panel don't we from left to right as you can imagine it uh gav you're back i was trying to work out which your left or my doesn't left matter then, it's but... the listeners left okay cool. So, yeah okay. hi how's it going uh, it's going well you're back on no continues uh have you had a nice time so far yeah have you bad. enjoyed your week with love uh yeah ups and downs really um this, some of them made me feel things I didn't want to feel. Other things uh, made me feel something I didn't know I could feel. So really? that's pretty good, yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll return to that in a second. Would you be okay to talk about one of our games today? Yes. Uh, which one do you want to start with? A Slave of God, if I could. Okay, well, we will do Slave of God, but yeah. we're going to do that one last. Okay. Kara. Hello. Kara, you just did an angry face. I know, Gav stole my game. That's hardly in the spirit of love, is it, Gav? (laughs) He's very, very close next to me, so it's going to be quite a punch-up. We had a little pre-show hug as well. It was nice. Really? It's actually love love blossoming right now. Interesting. How's how's your week been? It's been good, yeah. Um, Just been super busy, and I moved to Brighton, so that's Did you? Yeah. Wow. And that was the second thing. I would have thought that would be the most important thing in the week. You've, like, moving to... Well, my, my life tends to sort of fluctuate between Brighton and London quite a lot. So it's not really that usual that I'm in Brighton now because I kind of work there as well. So right. How did the move go? Well, I haven't put my stuff in it yet. So you haven't moved? Technically I have, though, because I'm, I'm staying with my friend in Brighton. <laughs> <Okay>. so. <laughs> is, is putting your stuff in it a big part of love? <laughs> I, I, I guess so. We'll find out, won't we? Uh, next on the No Continues guest list, it's Log back again. Hello there. Hello. I didn't realise we were going to have the game, have to fight for the games. Oh, I didn't ask you, Kara. Sorry, Kara, pick a game. Um, I guess Richard and Alice. Okay. And I think I'm going to have to choose Actual Sunlight, aren't I? <laughs> you are going to have to choose. Uh, how's, how's your week been with love? Love-filled, 
morose, bleak, and um, uh, harrowing, I think is the final word. I should explain, the selection process for this game, you know, this this event was communal. It wasn't just me going, guys, this is what love is like. It's bleak, and it's going to distress you all. We, you know, we offered it up to everyone. Well, I... Yeah, I hope you're happy so, that I have, actually dumped, <laughs> I have actually dumped my boyfriend on this <laughs> And making their no-continues debut, it's Gemma. Hello. Hello, Gemma. Are you excited? I'm very excited. What brings you to no-continues? Well, I don't really play video games at all. Um, Can't imagine a better <gasps> resume. Do you love... I do love. Okay. Well, I then. love in excess. <laughs> have you, have you, so Not this, the band. This has been your <laughs> first week back with video games then? It has, How's yes. it been? Well, I loved the theme. I thought, great, love, it's not all about... You know, I read the papers, I thought all video games came with a free gun, just so the kids <laughs> could start shooting everybody. But apparently I thought, love... And then it turned out it wasn't all that lovely. So it's been an interesting eye-opening experience for you? It has, yes. Okay, good. We should start with our first game, I think. Which one do we want to start with? I think we should start with... Bumpy Road. Bumpy Road? Yeah. Okay, who's going to talk through Bumpy Road? Do you want to introduce Bumpy Road for us? Okay, uh, Bumpy Road is uh, a side-scroller where you are in a car. There is a couple, an old couple, in a car... Traveling, traveling along, you make them travel along by making the road bumpy. Okay. You bump them up. I see. Uh, you have to collect little things. And there are um, photographs that you collect as you go along. These are memories. It's an iPhone game, isn't it's it? It's a touchscreen game. So you're indeed. moving the road to... Also available on PC. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you, you're touching the road to move them along, making the road bumpy. It's called Bumpy Road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How many times can you say the word bumpy? <laughs> I'll bumpy you along in a minute. Um, yes, and then yes, yeah, so you ca- uh, you collect these photographs as well that you that, which are then stored in a photographic database. Okay, and what do the photographs depict? Memories. Memories. What sort of memories? Happy memories? Sad memories? From what I understand, I I can't remember. I didn't actually look at the photos. I just got them and went, brilliant. That's a memory in the bank. Check that one out later. I didn't check them out. Are they happy memories? <laughs> well, maybe that's up. Let's open this up to the group. Were they happy memories, group? I don't know, really. It was just sort of snapshots of their life. Yeah, I guess they were happy. They weren't sad. So okay, well, that's, that's good. The, that's the other thing that can be. So. No funeral. All right, detective. <laughs> 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 but who knows the simmering resentment beneath the smiling faces? <laughs> so I only managed to collect one memory, so when I went to the bit where you got to see the pictures, it was just one lone memory on its own. So that's was, quite sad, yeah. It was, yes. But isn't that a story in itself? Because if that was the most important memory, what was the memory you managed to collect? I think it was just a picture of the couple. Really? Where were they? Just... Just looked like them, the two Just of them, them together. <laughs> and maybe, Happy. maybe Gemma, maybe that's all that matters. Yeah, it so, is about love. So the, the 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 actual story from Wikipedia says the the story begins at a cafe where a waiter slips a girl a note asking her on a date. Hang on, this didn't happen in my. The two game. soon fall in love, buying a car and getting married. The couple then has a baby, to whom they give their harmonica. The child grows up and meets a girl whom he marries. He later goes off to war, where he presumably dies. His family mourns him, and eventually they give his four-year-old son his harmonica. That's the story. That's the love story. None so, of that happened in my game. No, do you, so do you find that out through the pictures? <laughs> That's what the pictures are of. Hmm. That's it, isn't it? Crack the game. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you need to play it. Yeah. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Interesting. So, so you didn't get any of that, obviously, Anne. I didn't get any of that at all. Did you get any sense of love from the game at all? Yeah, I I found it to be more about companionship than love. It was this old couple, and, you know, the metaphor... It's called Bumpy Road, by the way. (laughs) Life can sometimes be bumpy. (laughs) Oh, Uh, Deep. And, yeah, it was just, you know, a nice sort of companionable... um, jaunt along a a road... The road of life, collecting your memories together and then forgetting to look in the photo albums at the end. <laughs> um, that's what I got from it. It wasn't some... You know, there's no kind of excitement about it. There's... Nothing jumps out at you. Just bumps along. I wasn't very good at it. it was like, I, I don't know if it's just, I'm cack-handed or whatever, but I just couldn't do it. Like, it just wasn't... It wasn't clicking with me. I don't know if it's because I'm rubbish at the it game. Is, it, but yeah. it is a very tough game. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's not. No, no, it is. No, I, it I, is. I couldn't, do, actually, I couldn't yeah. do it. Like, I, I just, anytime there was a little hole, I'd fall down it. Um, I just, I, I just couldn't. Do you do fall it for down some the reason. holes of life as yeah, well, Gav? Exactly. Is that what happens? That is what, that, I'm in a hole right now. Yeah. Log, what did you get out of it? Well, I kind of like to imagine it as the couple from Up when on their last journey, him oh. driving her to the hospital. And after, yeah, so it's maybe I, I didn't really want to get where I was going because I knew she was going to die at the end. So. I haven't seen up, so uh, thanks for ruining it. It's a famous first prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you augmented the story. This is kind of like a, a very sort of simple treatment of love, isn't it? It's, yeah. uh, it's, um, it's a narrative treatment. Yeah. There's, is there anything gameplay-wise about the about the love sentiment, or is it just? I, no, I really don't. Because you didn't get it at all. I'm asking the no. wrong person. Did anyone get a strong feeling of love from this game Not at all? It's, it's lovely looking. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, and it's, it's, adjectives. It's very, yeah, very charming. Yeah. And um, you do poke your fingers at it, so that's what I understand love to be. <laughs> isn't isn't the truest? Surely the truest love of all is between two old people who've seen it all. They've they've travelled down this bumpy road. Yeah, but. But my point is that that t- feels, the game feels more like it is exploring companionship, that right. side of love, rather than the sort of the fiery, passionate love that you maybe would associate with. The putting your stuff in things. Yeah, exactly. Cara. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> putting your stuff in things. Cara. Nice. Um, I thought, it, I, I, th- I think the same as Anne in, in that it, it kind of, it, it's nice to have a, a game where like two, two people are going on a journey together and they're not, because nec- they're, they're in the same car the entire time. I think it's, it's quite, it's a, you get a sort of like quite warm, fuzzy feeling from it because you're like, oh, look, they're, they're together all the time and it's lovely. And that's what I got from it. It was just kind of a cute sort of companion, com- companionship sort of thing. I kind of see it as well, the fact you, we were reading in the story of love into this two people in the car going right. It's kind of like if you just see a, a pink and a blue bucket of paint next to each other, you go, oh, they're going out. Or you see, see a dog's and they go, oh, they're kissing. I quite like to imagine that they're they're having, like, various different conversations in, in the car and they're usually, like... Because, you know, couples get into, like, arguments and be like, no, turn left, no, turn right, no, but we have to go forward all the, all the time. Like, or there's only one way to go, it's just this way. But they're having, like, a little mini argument about who turned off the oven and things like that. So, you know. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe the answer to this is in what Log said about uh, the woman's imminent death, which may be fictional, yeah. may, may not be, we don't know, but it's clear that these two people have been through a lot of their lives together. Uh, there is, they've, they've seen more things than they're going to see, right? So th- their journey is kind of at an end. Um, that, I don't know, I still think that this is the truest form of love, and that's the most heartbreaking thing about the game to me, is that, you know, they've been through all of this stuff, these memories that Anne failed to... Uh, felt a notice yeah. uh, and they have so few of those left um, I think that there's oh a God. sense in a lot <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a sense in, in a, a lot of games that you're going on a journey and I think that um, love is a journey kind of if that's, uh, uh, that's so many things are journeys aren't they <laughs> it's, true, it's true but like I like the fact that they are like it's, it's nice that they're like together and like that's super nice and I feel good about it like Bless them. <laughs> how, do, how do the controls work through tears, then, if you're not getting so sad about it? <laughs> <laughs> you old people driving. <laughs> if I didn't know that the theme was love and I'd just been playing the game, exactly. I wouldn't have read any of this into it. I right. feel like but I'm now sort you of do. missing out. What are you, what, what you going to do this evening? You're going to go home and think about it, are you? <laughs> I'll think about it longer than I will spend playing it, I think. <laughs>
One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Chasing Bleeps. Robots don't cry. They don't, do they? Um, no, because otherwise they go rusty. Mm, maybe they cry tears of oil. That would be messy. So's tears. That'd, that'd be like that so, bit in Doctor Who that so you liked, tears. wouldn't it, Steve? Uh, I... <laughs> I don't like Doctor Who. Do you like Doctor Who, Simon? I do, yeah. Well, but, but that's what motivates the show, isn't it? The friction exactly, between yeah. us <laughs> over Doctor Who and Muse. <laughs> did you have a good time at Muse? I did, an amazing time, did thank you. you that's yeah. why you stood us up last week, wasn't it, on the well, show? Well, standing up implies it was a choice, doesn't it? Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, was yeah, it more it was of a calling? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anne and I are going to see Girls Aloud this Friday. Excellent. Um, I'm not sure what I'll be doing this Friday if you'd stand me up. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, excellent. Uh, game two, Anne, what should we do? Uh, we're doing Richard and Alice Richard now. Richard and Alice, and Kara's going to talk us through it. So, Richard and Alice is a little adventure game that is about a character called Richard and a cal- character called Alice, and I guess eventually Alice's son as well. Um, and basically, it's very, very narrative-led, um, and it's about two people who are essentially stuck in a, a luxury prison underground in um, some sort of, I think it's fu- fu- the future, possibly, or some sort of other parallel universe. Um, and yeah, it, it's basically entirely sort of um, text-led, and it's kind of like JRPG-style, like um, point-and-click style. Um, and there's not particularly much interaction in it. It's very, very sort of text, like lots of reading, um, I find. So yeah, I'm, I'm not finished it yet, but I'm a few hours in. So It's interesting that you said JRPG. I, I think this is more like a classic point-and-click adventure, isn't it? Really? Yeah, although it does have an art style that I associate with JRPGs, mm-hmm. I think, so that's probably why I said that. But um, yeah, it's kind of like a cutesy little, you know, pixel sort of thing, like kind of a bit like Zelda, like really old Zelda or something. Right, right, right. Um, so it's it's very, again, it's very, very narrative-led. Yes. Uh, tells you a story of two people. Did you enjoy the company of these two people? I felt throughout this game that um, it was a very bleak atmosphere and I felt like less like the uh, the situation of of two people or or relationships or love going on I felt a lot of the time like I felt quite sort of lonely and a bit isolated even um, Mm -hmm. on behalf of the characters and so um, I I did find that actually the son, Alice's son um, was um, quite a bit more sort of funny and upbeat, and therefore I was more more inclined to care about him actually than I was the other two characters, which I thought was interesting because he's, the he's game five is years named, old, isn't he? Yes, and the game is named Richard and Alice, and you think you'd really like Richard and Alice, but actually it's like the kid that you kind of feel attached. So to. you would say you fell in love with a five-year-old. <sighs> A sort of love. There are all <laughs> kinds of love. It's fine. <laughs> this is a very edgy one, life left. <laughs> no, um, that's interesting. There are a lot of these sort of narrative games, these point-and-click games and, and RPGs, JRPGs in particular, that deal with the concept of love, that try and get you to care about the characters. Famously, Final Fantasy VII, uh, the cliche is that Eris died and, you know, gamers around the world cried for the first time they felt emotion in video games. Is it a good box to tell those sort of stories? This, this Is it a good dynamic? I think adventure games in general are quite good at making you care about characters because they are very char- they're entirely centred around characters mm-hmm. and, and not so much about what you do but like um, what how the characters negotiate the environment which I think is probably um, really good for telling stories and getting people involved and like the characters and, and what they like and who they love, um, but this particular game, I I think actually the there's too much reading in, in between the interactions and therefore it doesn't feel so much like you're involved in what's going on which it seems like it's actually made me realise how much of a balancing act it is between telling a story and like having having a kind of adventure game because I, I played quite a bit of the, the Walking Dead and I really really felt like Clementine like the character Clementine I cared for her and was scared mm-hmm. about her going off on her own but the, the characters in Richard and Alice I wasn't quite so attached to them and it's because like you get less interaction 
action, I think. Yeah, because in The Walking Dead, the narrative does branch. Yeah. And you feel like they can get rid of characters here. Yeah. There is a strict narrative, there are right? There very, very it's, limited choices. And mm-hmm. there, there's so little that you can actually do, like li- little and sort of, um, it's, there's not very much variation at all. Um, it really is just like a straight down the line almost. It, it tries to give the illusion that you have choice when you don't actually have that much choice. It's just like find the items, get to the next part of the story. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's... It's very much a classic point-and-click adventure in that sense, isn't it? Like they used to make before before they uh, put in the virtual theatre. Exactly, the, the virtual theatre and stuff like that. I thought the atmosphere was uh, was really good, um, and I thought the use of sort of jumping around between time really interesting as well. I've not finished it yet, but I'm, I'm keen to, and I think if you compare it to another game that we're going to be talking about um, where I felt that the uh, actual sunlight, which, which felt to me much more of a read, move, read, move, um, this... this, this uh, this played more like a traditional adventure, I thought. Yeah, it was definitely very, very traditional. It was made with RPG creator, wasn't it? I believe RPG maker. Uh, sorry, yeah, um, and um, yeah, I, I was uh, I was quite impressed with them. I didn't really buy into the relationship that much. I couldn't. I found it hard to get invested with the two characters because, well, first of all, I was more interested in what was going above on above ground with the snow and what was happening and why, why society had broken down. That seemed more interesting a story to me. And secondly, the little pictures that appeared to the left of their text while they were speaking. Alice is looking up and away from you, and it's kind of like, are you talking to me? Am I, am I supposed to be reading this? And like the fact that that doesn't change meant that I found myself reading her words in the wrong voice and then having to think to myself, oh, I'm sorry, I missed, I missed just the way you were speaking there, Alice. But it, but it, honestly, it, I found it quite jarring. They needed more little facial expressions right. so I could or, get with the being less. a bit sly or sarky. Maybe, I mean, it's you know, it's a funny point, but it's also I think really, really telling. We've talked on previous No Continues about how maybe the greatest thing a video game can do is to not explicitly show what's going on because then you build that picture up in your yeah, head and yeah. without these portraits you know you wouldn't have had a problem there you would have been reading it probably in the voice intoned by the writing but with the portraits you're sort of you're deriving an emotion that maybe they didn't intend yeah either more or none then mm. is what yeah. the way forward <laughs> Gemma well this is the one I was most looking forward to civil unrest detention and the introduction was great but I stayed on the introduction. I couldn't. I couldn't get past it. I think the I could do the pointing, but the clicking clearly was a something I couldn't manage. Mm-hmm. Uh, right at the beginning, I managed to get the family album, but then couldn't seem to move on to anything else. It was. It, I found that it, it is built with this engine, right? Um, RPG Maker, and I found that maybe that was a restriction on what the developers could do with. Uh, with the technology but I did find there's a lot of that classic dynamic of pixel hunting really really trying to find the one little space Mm. on the screen to click and to use objects with each other that was quite uh, it wasn't easily explained it didn't show you that you got this in your hand and yeah it seemed quite arduous but I don't know whether that's the limit of the engine well there's yeah there's when you tried to click on Alice it was like you'd you'd have to find the right pixel between the bars to actually Mm. get it to interact with us that that was a little that that stumped me for a minute, but we're talking. It's not. That's not about love, is it? That's about game <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> um, can you think of any any games like this that have uh, really done that sort of love theme very well? I mean, we talked about Charles Cecil, creator of Broken Sword, and he's a friend of the show, so we can be mean about him. But uh, gamers across the world fell in love with Nico, didn't they? They did, yeah. And I see. I've not. Um so the relationship between Richard and Alice is Richard has been in the prison for a long time and Alice is in prison for a, a murder um, and actually I found it quite quite intriguing the, I, I like the way that it was set and as you mentioned the intro and the world that it's in and even just the sort of despite the fact that it's a digitally distributed game the, 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 the box art um, is, is, is really nice um, so Richard and Alice would you fall in love with them as well I, I don't I think there are limits um, of the way that it's presented that maybe wouldn't draw you in well a big part of the nico thing i think is that she plays to like gamer boys desires right she's a mysterious detective she's a bit feisty she's cute i don't i mean i didn't find either of these characters personally compelling like they weren't the sort of people i would want to hang out with and therefore i wasn't emotionally involved with uh, with their stories 
maybe that's is that true i mean do you have to want to hang out with someone to be emotionally involved with them it's probably not is it but also it's the context isn't it mm. meeting someone in their prison or detention cell probably <laughs> isn't when they're going to be at their, their greatest and, and manage to draw you in so maybe that was part of the intention as well mm, perhaps it felt like it was a little bit like a twilight zone episode where i wanted i generally wanted to find out like a little bit more but it just it never sort of delivered on and like Log said like all the stuff that was going on like above ground it sort of reminded me of like in Little Inferno when you know there's something going on outside of the sort of room you're in but it never sort of delivered on it and it sort of felt a bit like oh, a bit of a joke. Would it be <laughs> a better story just told in a book uh, rather than forcing you to interact? It does seem like they kind of resent the moments of puzzles because the puzzles are quite <laughs> quite just simple there's not there's not nothing much to them like you I mean, with the, I'm sorry, but the, the thing, the thing, all the thing you were missing out was that there were a couple of clickable pixels under the bed, and once you find the spare sheet, you can knot them together, then throw them to Alice. But that, the, I mean, I that took me 10, 15 minutes to work out, and it wasn't a satisfying thing to finally get. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they'd just be better off writing a series of a, a tweet romance, maybe. That was <laughs> it sounded like you were bragging for a second. The German going, it took me yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. 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 So. I, d- I don't know what's wrong with you, lad, but 15 minutes. A lack of patience. <laughs> I think, um, you know, with Christine Love's um, games, that she knows her strength is telling a story, and so she she makes, it like, um, you know, interactive novels. Like, that's what she does. And she made um, Analog of Hate stories entirely about a sort of a love story that takes place between you in a ship's computer and that's entirely the whole thing and it's all about like finding out information uh, that's been archived on the ship's computer and uh, f- and as you find and as more information is revealed the more your relationship with the ship's computer sort of develops um, in a really awkward way as well and it's really really clever how, how uncomfortable it makes you feel about like the information that's being revealed and that is very interesting in terms of um, love stories and telling story okay yeah. interesting that's good um, if you could have made this game uh, more accessible to uh, people like Gemma who will get easily frustrated how would you have done it um, I, I mean you talk about analog sorry to interrupt you talk about analog a hate story which I assume is is just keywords or something you're clicking on very very yeah, simple it's, things it's very very simple it's it's very I think you just need to make the interface clearer for people who have never mm-hmm. played a video game before because um, you know there are loads of people who um, who grew up with the adventure game sort of interface. Like, everyone I know sort of grew up with, you know, like, Tim Schafer's stuff, like Monkey Island and that sort of thing. Um, but if you don't have that, like, sort of knowledge of how those interfaces work, then it, they seem impenetrable. Like, they, they're actually really, really difficult to get to grips with. And, yeah, you're right that this sort of a pixel, like, clicking every pixel on the screen to, to find out what you're supposed to do is massively frustrating. Mm. Um, and you just want to get to the next part of the story. Well, yeah, you want to grow to care about the characters, not to be frustrated with... Mm. Them. And it would help if, in that moment, in the frustrating first puzzle, it would help if Alice said, oh, well, maybe there's some sheets under your bed. There is under mine. <laughs> so yeah, that would be a nice little hint right, that it's feasible within the world. But would Alice have said that? Because she's just been put in prison for murder and she's thinking about her son who she now can't see. So I don't think she would have said that. I think that that's entirely true to character. Sorry to <laughs> yes. say that. And also <laughs> impacts negatively on the game. <laughs> I like it when they say true to character, even if it means I can't play the game.
Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This artist has a name that is very, very hard to pronounce, but I'm going to try. It's Fufu Gaga Kiki Lala. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's called Danger Ranger, which is easier to say. This is One Life Left, and we're talking about games about love. Uh, did anyone else do any reading this week off list? You were all told to play things, but are there games that you can think that have filled you with that sentiment? Um, actually, we were discussing a little bit on the email chain how sad we are that Boyfriend Maker yes. no longer <laughs> exists, because so... As a game, it was so easy to fall in love with because it was so dumb. But also, you got your little boyfriend. <laughs> oh, he's so cute, isn't he? And it's you kind of do create an attachment to him. I ploughed about four hours into that game. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, in one night, just like, what, what, what will he say next? What will he say next? I dressed I dress went up, I, cha- I changed his hair, and I, I got him like a nice suit and everything, and then I suddenly realised that it looked really lo- a lot like wired journalist Duncan Gear, which really freaked oh. me out. And then oh, I sent him a really apologetic um, message saying, I think I think I, I made him look like you, but it's it's an, an accident, and I'm really sorry, and now I'm really polite to him, because he's like quite a polite person, so now I'm quite polite. I made mine look like a cartoon paedophile and just made the entire thing amazing. Well, okay. <laughs> this really is a reflection of your inner designs, isn't it? Interesting. Okay, uh, we are going to talk about our third game right now, and I think it should be Actual Sunlight. Yeah. Actual Sunlight. Um, I've played it all the way through to the end, and it's not something you leave feeling particularly up about yourself. So, obviously... It, it's very text-heavy, like like um, Richard and Alice was, but it, instead of coming up in like, little lines of text, it's long, well, say a couple of hundred words, tracts of anti-human misanthropy. <laughs> uh, it starts off, and I, I, I started off thinking I was going to really dislike it, because it was, why, why kill yourself today when you can masturbate tomorrow? And I was like, oh, give it a rest. <laughs> this is cookie-cutter... Teen depression, but no, it really builds on that. And by the end of it, I mean, there's the idea that mental illness can be irrational, but he's dogmatically rational about everything, and he convinces you that everything he says is true. There probably is no point to life, and I'm just glad that I'm coming at this from a point of chemical privilege that I don't feel like that on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. So we should explain a little about what it's. So it's um it's an adventure game. Uh, the use um, direct con- is it direct yes it's, direct yeah, control it's, point- yeah. yeah you um, use the arrow keys to move around and you press Z to interact with things and, and everything you interact with triggers uh, long paragraphs of contemplation about the object and how it plugs into your unending I mean if Richard <laughs> and Alice looks like a, a side on uh, point and click adventure this looks very much like a Zelda traditional 16 yes. bit RPG but it doesn't play like one. Yeah, the, ca- the lead character is who constantly calls himself fat, useless. He actually looks a little bit like Goku from um, yeah. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Um, but yeah, that's where the similarity ends. He's he's not the kind of person to leap into the air and emit a beam of a pure, dazzling <laughs> energy. So what's the aim of the game? The aim of the game is... Do you want spoilers here? Uh, I think yeah. spoilers there's, there's are a, fine. I think there's spoilers only one ending fine. at this yeah. point. Oh. It, takes you, it takes you through three stages. Like roughly. There's a point where you... you you, you go to work, you, you explore your... I'm not getting this probably right, because it's, it's, I've only played it once through, so I'm not, I wasn't taking comprehensive notes. But you go to work, you find out the relationships of people at work, and then everything falls apart. You're some middle managed Some guy gets promoted to a position where you go mental, resign, and that's the point when you trash your apartment and you end up with the voice in your head that's been telling you to kill yourself all along. You have no reply to it. There's always been a second voice that says, don't kill yourself today. That's, this, the game ends when that voice doesn't kick in, you go to the roof and you do it. And the final line, which I thought was really nice, was, I was right all along. <laughs> it's just such a bleak experience Ouch. of a game. And I had exactly the same experience. I thought, this is clunky, like, this is ridiculous, the stuff they're saying in the beginning. This is, you know, what do they actually know about mental health problems? This is ridiculous but it just keeps on going. And you realise that actually that level of just punching you in the face with awful, awful sentiment is what, you know, depression can be like. Mm. Oh, my God, it's just really... It totally got me. I sat... I stood on the roof looking at the screen, realising I had no way back, sort of frozen for about 15 minutes going, I I honestly don't know what to do. I couldn't jump. 
I went to shut down the game. Then I realised, you can't shut down the game. This is a game. Come on, Anne. See it through. <laughs> I thought you meant that the game had dis- yeah. disengaged all your ability to... <laughs> I, I own the computer now, Anne. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't even playing. It was just your no. own life. Oh, God, I was on the roof. I was about to jump. Uh, and, then, and then I sat there for another ten minutes not jumping and then I suddenly just went I'll see what Zed does on this one. Oh, you jump of course um, it's, and it's just bleak so bleak but I, I went from thinking it was just a teen thing to actually thinking this is really good I mean I, I remember feeling like I don't know the Rorschach's psychiatrist towards the end like well he, yeah he's right he's, he's got it all sussed mm. and I'm, I'm probably the yeah so, so I, yeah, I've learned a lesson here. I, I got to the point where I thought this is terrible, um, and it says don't go to the roof. And I had an idea where it was leading, um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to the roof and jump off. Doesn't right, let no, you. Doesn't let you. No, that's, <laughs> that's, it made me want to kill him. Um, but yeah, so obviously I, sh- I should have stuck with it. But I got about ten minutes, and I just thought, oh, I've read this a million times before. Um, but yeah, so I no, should, it's I, re- I was surprised at how well written it was. And I while agree. it doesn't, it doesn't win you over. It, it really loses you over to it. So right. I mean, relentless is one word, yeah, like, and punishing is another. But I found the text obviously adolescent to an extent at the start, but well written adolescent. Oh, yeah. I didn't think that this was just. It didn't feel like it had been written by a teenager. It felt like it had been written. In that voice, well, the, and the perfectly. Author, the author's really dismissive of teen angst. He's saying you don't even begin to understand mm. the depths of bleakness until you're at least 25, so don't you even dare. Mm. That's, God, blimey, all right, mate. I'm 39. I think how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and while the game itself wasn't, you know, super sophisticated, it's mostly going over to things and just looking at it and following this very, very linear narrative, the, the words, which were, you know, heavy, uh, as in there was a lot of them and <laughs> the meaning was, was, was heavy as well, uh, were, were great, I thought, and it was made by the writing mm. But mm. I, th- I do think that that, um, that sort of forced monotony of you, you have to get up, you have to have a shower before you leave the house, you have to get on that um, uh, the bus thing you have to, in work, you have to talk to these people before you start your work, sort of added to the mundanity that has got him in that psychological situation mm-hmm. and ad- I really think that that sort of helped you understand how he felt. Even when you repeated dialogues yeah. that went on for a page that you know, oh, yeah. I've read this, I have to do yeah. it again that speaks to the theme as well Yeah. Uh, there was a point after playing it where I was so intrigued by the author I wanted to know more about him I went to his YouTube channel and there's a video called PowerPoint Gorilla in which a gorilla jumps up and down and screams and gives a PowerPoint about bananas. And that really made me feel better about everything. <laughs> so how does love fit into all of this? Well, it was the absence of love, really. He right. felt that he would could not get love, would not get love. Um, and there was, there was a sort of relationship that he had with a woman in the office. Something happened. You never actually find out. Well, it's implied what happened. I think they did it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh. Um, And then he sort of freaked out about it. But she was, uh, she's sort of in need and he helps her through it a little bit and then it goes too far and he freaks out and he's like, I can't handle this, I can't handle this. Um, And it's like he's almost incapable of these relationships. And there's another relationship with another girl at work uh, and it's implied that she's leaving because of him. Although it doesn't seem as though he's actually done anything to to make her feel uncomfortable. Well, it's the, yeah, the idea that he thinks of himself as this unloved and unlovable yeah. thing, and he doesn't realise the impact he's having on other people's lives because he's trapped in his own little loop of yeah. I'm I'm worthless and pathetic. I mean, there's an absence of love in most video games, right? <laughs> the, 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 a video games, the, the medium is not something that deals with the concept uh, very well or, or even acknowledges that it exists. So it's, like you say, it's not that this game doesn't acknowledge it, almost that it acknowledges the impact that it has too much. Yeah. Uh, and how it can be damaging to not have it as much as it can be to have it. Too much love will kill you, just as sure as none at all. Brian May. <laughs> um, is this the most punishing video game experience you've ever had, Anne? Uh, it's up there. Mm. Surely is up there. The only other one, I think, that's made me feel quite as bleak as that is Passage. 
which we did on the last uh, series of No Continues. Um, just staring at a screen on a roof, knowing that the only way to end this game is to jump off the roof, is a bleak experience. <laughs> <laughs> by I the was... time that it came to him jumping, did you actually want to kill him, though? Or did you no, think, I did it did by accident. Think... <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I was like, if... so he was standing next to a, um, a lamp, and I was like, if I press Z, I wonder if I can interact with this lamp somehow, and oh. that'll save me. Oh no, I just jumped. <laughs> oh, the lamp is a source of light. Light means optimism. <laughs> I've been there for a long time. It's a good job you did, otherwise it sounds like you might have been there still now. Yeah, on the roof. looking at the screen. Very sad. Would the game have been better if it had offered you a choice then? Uh, now this is the problem that I had with the game actually, in that there, it got to a point where there was no choice. And it feels like that's a commentary on uh, the way that people in these situations feel. But there is no... Nobody that he actually talks to about it. It's all voices in his head. Uh, a doctor that he makes up. Um, there's no sort of, maybe I should actually go and see, seek help. Maybe I should actually go and do something about this. It, that felt more depressing, that there was no way out. And when it got to the point where there were no other options than to go to the roof, just, ah, oh, really... Wasn't was there one bit where he said that he went to see a real doctor once, but he told him to come back when he had some real problems or yeah, something like that? yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and it is a commentary on how, you know, these situations escalate to that point. But it just felt a bit... <laughs> it's, it's really good, but I didn't like it. <laughs> so if, you know, as we've acknowledged, there's very limited interaction yeah. in this, would it have worked as well as a uh, novel? No. No. No, it wouldn't. Why because of Because of that repetition, because of your interaction, you were taking him to work every day, you were reading everything that was going through his mind, you could get in, you were in his mind, and therefore you could understand. You smashed everything up in his flat. You saw that red mist and did everything, and it got to the point where you did not have the option other than to go to the roof. And by that point, you are so pulled along with it that you're like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, I probably would do that, actually. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it would work as well as a... A novel. Yeah, you don't, you can't really resist a novel, whereas you can resist what happens in this game and you just, but, well, you can resist, but you don't move along. You, you eventually have to go with it. And that, that, that really added to the feeling of it. And it tells you to, it tells you, you know, you've got to press a key at yeah. this point. And, and, it, and it does say that it's not a game in the writer, because one of them, most of the bits are from the point of view of the star of the game, but one of them is by the actual author of the game. And he says it's, it's not a game, it's a portrait. So it's an interactive picture. Slow Jam by Dread. This is One Life Left and No Continues. We are a video game discussion group. It's kind of like a book club, but for video games. We're going to talk about Slave of God now, Gav. Yeah, so Slave of God is... We were talking about it a couple of weeks back when we were doing uh, Proteus. I think you mentioned it, Car, actually. So I went and played it then. And it's basically like an interactive sort of club experience sort of thing I guess you're sort of, it's all like all these psychedelic colours and noises and like music and you'll sort of first person walk around a club or this person's idea of what a club is and there's sort of people dancing and you can walk up to different things and different it's sort of triggers it's a little tiny bit like Proteus in that sort of way is like you're not actually sure what you're meant to be doing or if you're meant to be doing anything or if there's anything going on I just felt I, I was sort of walking around here again, like, sort of like I was in Proteus, but thinking like, am I, am I missing something here? Or so it's I, a very abstract game. Isn't yeah, it? but in the sense of like Proteus is really abstract, but 
I didn't feel I, I didn't feel sort of uh, sort of as if I was missing out on something in Proteus or as if I was missing the joke with this uh, I really sort of felt like it was a sort of Emperor's New Clothes type thing because I went online and people were sort of raving about it and there was loads of people in comments going oh yeah this is exactly what it's like inside my head well, it's not is it because <laughs> you, you're commenting on a PC games website you've never been to a club <laughs> like, how do you know that this is exactly what a club is um so and loads of people seem to really have like a lot of affection for it, going, "Oh God, yeah, yeah this is exactly." I've never been to a club like that. Did you <laughs> Did you get to the the sunrise at the end? I did, yeah, okay. only because I read something. Somebody said, "Oh, you have to stick with it and get to the sunrise." Yeah. But by that point, but I just sort of felt I wasn't in, I wasn't into it, and I just thought, "Okay, I've experienced that. Okay, okay, yeah, done." But you've never been to a club that made you feel like that. Mm, I don't think so. Really, Gemma. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I mean, I, right, at first I was terrified when the music first came on and they were just flashing images. I shut down my computer immediately because <laughs> I thought you'd sent me some kind of crazy virus. Um, which, again, I quite enjoyed that feeling. Then I went back in and, and for ages I, didn't, I couldn't work out how to move into the club. So I was just basically being that person rolling around on the floor of the club um, but enjoying myself. And then finally worked out how to get in. And, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't work out how to get a drink, which felt quite realistic as well um, I, I really really enjoyed it I thought it was brilliant fun and there's no um, female toilet as well yeah, yeah. the pee the peeing bit was quite good I, I laughed a lot at that I couldn't find the toilet at all really I mean I, I'd read that there was a toilet and that was a nice touch yeah. and that there was no and some comments were saying there was no ladies toilet so obviously it was a gay club yeah. which is exciting but um yeah, I didn't. I couldn't find them. I, I walked around, all pressing my face against all the walls, trying to find the club. And it's, <laughs> see, this is this is for me what going out is like. <laughs> so um, it did sort of give me that tiny little thing, like you know, a sort of uh, you know, if you've ever been on drugs or anything, when you have that sort of fear that you're never going to come out of it. And it sort of did fe- make me feel like that for a second. But by that point, as I said, I'd already sort of lost the experience. And that, there was a smoking area, I think, at one point. And but I was sort of just sad that no one was interacting with me. A little. In, in that, uh, I think maybe 120 seconds between going into the uh, loading up the game and going into the room and going onto the dance floor and finding myself amongst all of these incredibly abstract humans. I mean, they don't look like people at all. They're more like stick figures dancing. I think I've never felt as close to being in a club mm-hmm. as I have in a video game before. Like, and I don't mean it, it particularly looked like it, but just the atmosphere mm. of kind of oppression, of stuff going on around you, of not really knowing what's going on, um, and, and being quite excited and dizzied by it, and feeling also like all of these figures, which again I'm, I'm projecting onto because it's they are stick figures, are having a great time as well, and are lost in those moments themselves. And it's up to me to chart my experience around this this environment that I am completely lost inside. Mm. My favourite thing about it is. Um, when you first go into the club you can see your mate drifting away from you mm. onto the dance floor mm. and you know you're never going to see him again and like that's, that's always what it's like because you lose people and you don't know where they are you can't find a drink and it took me ages to find a drink as well um, and then this mad stuff goes on um, where you you, um, you dance with someone on the dance floor um, for a little while or it's not really dancing you just kind of like loll around a bit and then there's that's, like a, that's dancing yeah <laughs> and then, and then um, there's a. I don't know if you guys noticed. There's a, a car, an upturned car um, yeah. appears, um, and it has a kind of like dissonant, like it's got this like um, weird car alarm sort of noise coming from it. Um, and and you sort of the more drinks you have, the more mad it gets, and like the, it just like you, you find that the certain bar that will serve you drinks, and you always like come out with drinks from this cert, like this one bar, and then you're sort of going around just getting more and more drinks. And this car appears, and you're thinking, whoa. Like, am I going to do something really bad later in the night? Like, am I like hallucinating? And you think you're hallucinating the entire I think time. But... I think I think it's the madness and the unpredictability that makes it feel like a nightclub. Because yeah. if you go into a club in a in a video game, a really high budget thirty million dollar video game, mm. you will go in there and it'll be beautifully lit, and you'll be able to see what's going on. There'll be a you know, uh, barman will be serving drinks, and there'll be nine people on the dance floor all doing the same, very very well mapped dance, sort of slightly out of sync. But it won't feel anything, anything like a club. It'll feel like every other venue in that video game. It might as well be a coffee shop or a car forecourt or anything. Whereas this, it it felt strange. Yeah. Simon, it- what did you think? 
Yeah, uh, well, similar to Gemma, I thought my graphics card was broken. <laughs> and, I, I and then um, I didn't read anything about it, uh, so I just went to play it, and I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, I did the dancing bit, and uh, yeah, it looked, it reminded me of... Um, a director pulling together a montage of what it was like to get drunk just from stories that he'd heard. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, in, like a teetotal. Yeah, I just... I, I, yeah, And then I, I too Googled to see... And people yeah, people do seem to love it. And um, yeah, it's not, it's not for me. File it with Proteus, I'm sorry. I heard one bit of music that I really liked. So this is me trying to make it into more of a game when I was playing it. Because there was one bit of music I thought, oh, I actually really like that bit of music. And then when I walked away... I couldn't come, couldn't find that bit of music again, so I think I played it a lot longer than I would have, just because I was like, oh, I really want to find that little bit of music again, but, yeah. Um, so I had an experience. Because we were talking about love, I was like, I am here to find love, and boy did I. I basically just spent the entire time dancing with that dude that has the heart. Uh, <laughs> this and, is what and, I did. Yeah, I just, and we went round and round in circles, the music came in and out, it was incredible. I went to a club and found love, in your face. <laughs> See, it is, it is actually massively multiplayer and you were dancing with Log. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we brought you together today. Exactly. Because I didn't get any of this upturned car. I couldn't find a bar or a toilet. No. All I did was try and stay inside this... Yes tube of vision that the guy with the beating heart had and then after a while everyone else disappeared and I thought that's pretty lame oh you're the only person in the world that's that's but then after that I just jumped into the ceiling and <laughs> basically what I thought was a metaphor for a k-hole well, as, the, as the um the heart was expanding so it starts and the heart gets bigger and bigger and then and so you sort of get into this tunnel vision with this person and you're dancing around and around I thought as the heart was going to get bigger and bigger he was going to explode and I was like, oh, that's how you... So that's the game. So you have to make people fall in love with you and then they die. <laughs> you make them fall in love with you so much, their heart explodes and they all die and you have to go around. And that's what I thought it was. It's not. Gemma, did you uh, write a story for yourself? Uh, no, I was just mainly looking for the bar. But that's... <laughs> that's the story. I, I knew you could get drinks somehow, but I, I didn't manage that. Although I was definitely at the bar for quite a long time. But I loved what Cara said before about your friend drifting off. And that's exactly it. We all had completely different experiences mm -hmm. and saw completely different things. Log and Anne went for dancing. I went for searching for a drink all night. And that's exactly what friends do when they go to a club. They don't all sort of stand there in a huddle. Yeah, my favourite my favorite thing about this game is that every single person who plays it um, like will interpret it like oh I hated it I hated everything about it I didn't like it I was confused all the time and to me it always whatever they say always reminds me of like what people say about clubs where yeah. do you go out <laughs> that's a genuine yeah. question what sounds really stressful wherever we're going <laughs> come down the pub it's much better I used to go out in Tokyo a lot when I lived in Japan and there's this one club called Womb and it's just so confusing it's like the Womb yeah yeah Womb it's like the final it's the final uh, like legendary level of Tetris that doesn't exist because you're just you're seeing so many lights you don't know what's going on it's crazy and it's very very sort of digital in feeling it's not it's very confusing and crazy Did so that's your answer yeah. Simon so where do you go out <laughs> but yeah that's what it really reminds me of and I wrote about it on Rock Paper Shotgun and the, the DJ from Womb turns up in the comments and said hey I used to DJ in Womb and this game is really like the club I used to DJ wow. What? It's <laughs> weird. Gemma, this was uh, your first week back in video games for it a very was. long time. <coughs> Is uh, I'd be surprised if you expected this sort of thing. Um, is is would you call this a game? Well, I was surprised by all of them. None of them were what I was expecting, and certainly not um, Slave of God. And I'm also surprised that that's the one I therefore liked the most. I thought I'd I'd like something that was a bit more platform game I believe they're called <laughs> the last time I played them they were called computer games and it was Jet Set Willy but so I thought I'd pr probably prefer the bumpy road but actually this yeah it just absolutely blew my mind but not what I was expecting at all I think Cara's right you kind of impute your own experience on it so Log said for example that there was only a man's toilet so he thought it was a gay club I thought it was a squat party because there was only one toilet so everyone kind of has their own experience and, and, and thinks of it that way 
But I know that from previous discussions on No Continues and indeed from the six years of One Life Left we've done, that Simon has very sort of like... He likes games which have goals that make those explicit, which is why you didn't get on with Proteus uh, and Flower and Journey and anything with a soul. Flower, flower has a goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, would this have fixed that game for you, Simon? Goals in it. Um, yeah, I, I, that's it. I, I I prefer to be told what to do. I'm very subservient, and I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, and I'll do. Um, you and even y- went to the roof when they told you to go to the roof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I I think it comes down to like I don't have a lot of time to be playing mm-hmm. to play games. There's so much choice at the moment. Very keen to crack on with Alpha Protocol, so this just annoyed me. <laughs> but you see, remember you're talking to someone who couldn't quite manage to knot the sheets or whatever it was in the fairly straightforward game. I mean, like, so it's much better for yeah, me if I just have I, somewhere to wander around. Uh, and yeah, and, and you know, I, and that's and, and that's great. But yeah, I, I, where where does the title come from? Uh, does anyone sleep of God? Yeah. No idea. God is a DJ. I sort of struggled with with what it was trying to say, and having never been to places like that, mm. I, I just I just didn't get it. I hung around really? the DJ booth for ages, to thinking, oh, like because obviously, you know, if you go into a club, oh, you say hello, to, guy, you, you say hello <laughs> to the DJ, and then chicks dig you. So, that, <laughs> so I thought I did that first, um, but then I because I was hanging around so much, I think I there was bouncers next door, and I jumped into the bouncer's head, and then I was in the ceiling, <laughs> and I thought this isn't going well. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it was going. Very well. <laughs> but I think there's something quite interesting here in the in the you are very much like the sort of classic point and click arcade game harks back to games twenty years ago. Uh, whereas Gemma who's never experienced video games, yeah. but it's coming back is enjoying something which is much more freeform and actually turns you off completely uh, but it's actually you know some people would say this game is impenetrable right that it's not something to give to someone but actually because there are no goals it doesn't frighten you at all apart from the fact that you got scared of the virus and turned <laughs> off because like the fact it's it's me to begin with yes yeah that's um that's interesting yeah, I, uh, maybe I just fear change or evolution. Maybe that's what it is. True. We're we're entering the final five minutes of our discussion on love, uh, and it's been. I think it's fair to say that these games have not represented exactly a traditional form of love. We've sort of looked at different aspects of it, but there are themes there. Anyone want to talk about those? Love is bleak, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so love is either nearly dead, yeah. fueled by drugs, <laughs> entirely absent. <laughs> Or fourth game I'd forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, we mentioned earlier about The Walking Dead. Like that, That's a game recently, the only one that sort of made me really, really emote because you're, it's a different kind of love because you fall in love with this little girl because um, you're protecting her. Um, but in, in, even with Walking Dead, though, I never felt like I was actually making decisions out of love. I was just stressed. And I was just like being forced in a situation where I was just like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so I wasn't really having that much of an emotion, emotive reaction to Walking Dead. I uh, I played Journey and felt a very strong sense of love for the the little com- mm. com- your companion, which is like completely. I mean, it it it's sort of just an accident. It's like it's one of those things where you feel like you're so glad that someone's there because um, you've got like a little companion and the, the, the fact that you you don't they don't get to say anything to you and you don't get to say anything to them yeah. is really great because otherwise they'd probably just be swearing their head off at you yeah. because they're like stop falling down that cavern. And, well that um, was the th- with, with Journey I sort of did feel like that but then I, th- I felt like you know really strong emotion to this guy that I've been with and then at the end you find I found out his name was like Titty Twister <laughs> yeah. 69 or something like that and I was like really dude come on <laughs> yeah you read all the list of people who've helped yeah. you out and you're always massively disappointed <laughs> by their name I think the game that's uh, fueled sort of that that sort of affection the most in me uh, was Ico um, oh, I, was, I was about yeah. to mention that but uh, yeah uh, in which you're trying to save a princess from a castle essentially you you find a a girl and she's slightly ghostly and you have to navigate this huge uh, stone castle take her out which is not a, a an uncommon video game theme right saving the princess it is a cliche but the thing that ico did was uh, assigned one of the trigger triggers yeah, on the yeah. uh, on the playstation controller to holding her hand yeah so as soon as you press that as soon as you squeeze the controller uh, you call out to her and she grabs your hand and that simple act of actually feeling like you're holding something and leading someone around this castle does form a bond with this character who 
says no words to you throughout the whole adventure. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, and and the way that, that you can sort of tug on each other feels very mm. sort of natural as well. But I but I wasn't sure whether that was love. Did you love your her name's Yorda, isn't it? Yeah, if Kara can love a five year old boy, I, suppose, yeah. I can love Yorda. <laughs> I mean, it's a type of love, isn't it? And it, and like we talked about companionship in Bumpy Road, that's a type of love too. And I think you know, even though that is, I think purely a narrative conceit, it's just. It's your pink bucket and your blue bucket, right? They're in love. <laughs> it works for me. It makes you care more about the people in this thing. It makes you care more about that game than if you were navigating a pink bucket on a on a bumpy road. I, I cried at the end of IK. Did, did you? Did you? Did you? No, no. Got, no. Never got to Did you not? Oh, no. Just played, played a couple yeah. of levels. It made me um, weep. Did it actually? Yeah, 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 genuinely. Yeah. What sort of tears? Do you mean sort of like a <laughs> leave Britney alone type, or was it a dignified single <laughs> tear just rolling down your cheek, going, that is a fine work of art? Somewhere in between. Right, okay. Five tears. Yeah. I get it. Okay, uh, one minute to go. Any closing sentiments, guys? Just silence. <laughs> I, I just, I'd like to tell Simon if he's playing Alpha Protocol on the subject of love, don't flirt with all the women because they'll spring been. you. I have they'll they'll, no, they'll, no, they'll suss you I, out. But I wondered that as well, actually. <laughs> exactly. I have been sending flirty emails. <laughs> I, I wanted to mention um, Agro from Shadow of the Colossus because he he's an awesome horse that I kind of got very upset about losing or think thought I lost. Small children, horses. <laughs> <laughs> That's Love one life left. Forms. It does. Yeah. Uh, no, continues. We will be back next week with another theme. We have no idea what it is right now. Maybe we can try love. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, have a lovely week. <laughs> See you. Bye. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.